0: Man cannot promote you. Only God can promote you. And God only promotes you when you have obeyed what he's asked you to do. And once you you have obeyed what he's asked you to do, you become what he's asked you to do. And then you're ready for promotion. Amen. Because, you know, as I said before, there's a lot of grace. In the church age, when you get born again, you come into Jesus, and a lot of grace for mistakes. There's a lot of grace for not obeying God. But when you transfer from the king, from the church age to the kingdom age, God expects you to obey instantly. You obey. You obey. You obey by the Spirit, the witness of the Spirit, Amen. But I want to. Uh, uh, that was an experience for me because. I've been looking for someone that has the same vision that I have. And it's amazing that Apostle Maronado and our visions are the same. When we first looked at each other, we just grabbed each other like we've missed each other forever. And that we knew each other forever. That was the two offices coming together. And like we discussed, I was talking to him in his car, that apostles have lonely lives. And prophets as, as well. There's, God, there's such a strong call on apostles and prophets that God demands their time. He demands their time. Even though you're with your wife or with your friends, you may be gone somewhere else with God while you're with the people. He demands that time. So I was talking to him. I said, it's been a lonely life, hadn't it? He said, yes, it's been a lonely life for me as well. And that's what we are excited about. And the reason it it becomes lonely is because of this. Because I can't talk to everybody about what God tells me in this office. It'll blow your mind. It might even mess you up if you're not ready for the revelation. There's a time to receive revelation. So now I can can call him and bounce everything off of him because he's getting the exact same revelation we're getting. It takes years to become under his covering, his church. But he instantly brought me in, instantly. That's the grace of God. That is the grace of God. That is the favor of God. I'm a friend to him now. He's a friend to me. He's on vacation now in Mexico, and he texts me two or three times a day. Just wanting to keep the connection. Just wanting to have that friend to talk to. So that's that's what I'm rejoicing in because Kingdom Life ministry started going like this. And a ministry is not supposed to go like this. If a ministry goes like this, religious spirits begin to be attracted to that elevation. You're not supposed to stay at that elevation, but for a season. And God has to connect you with someone that's a little bit further than you are, for you to go up higher to another elevation. That's how it works. And there's a season for that elevation. That's why you go from glory to glory to glory to glory. You stay on that level for a while until God connects you with someone else. That's how it works. So I'm excited that we just entered a new elevation of glory. This apostle said, now listen, He's probably got $150 million of property, his church, debt-free, debt-free. I was uh, I was under another huge ministry in Tampa, and they weren't debt-free, but I was debt-free, so I knew that was a problem. So how, how do you find a debt-free ministry? Only God knows who's debt-free. And if your heart and passion is for God, he's going to connect you to that person. Amen. so before we left, he said, Gene, everything this ministry has is yours. His jet is ours. He said, I'm going to pick you up and your team up. Whenever you go out to any church, the minister, he's got three or 400 churches under him, that, and he could probably have twice that many. And the reason he doesn't is because he wants to have a relationship with those churches. So he—he's i am gonna be ministering to him with him on the platform in a huge crusade in India this December. He said, "Gene, I need you to minister with me on this platform, so this mantle can come and rest on you as we minister together." Isn't that exciting? You know, these are people. These are probably a million people lined up down a field you imagine the faith? Their faith is going to draw the glory out of you. It's going to draw the glory out of you. So the churches that are connected to us, as we go up, they come up. Amen? They come up. Everything that we have is available to them. Because we don't own anything. We don't own anything. He took me that day, bought a couple of suits. They probably cost $10,000 in a retail store because they're French suits. Italian. Italian. But he said, Gene, I know you, you probably could afford these things because he went to God. He was so attracted to us on the front front row that he had to go to God and said, what's this couple, what's this, this couple up about? What's this team about? He said, that's a wealthy man. He's humble. He's pure. And and you're going to honor him. So he said, Gene, you could probably buy these suits yourself. But it's not about that. It's about honor. It's about honor. I told Lee yesterday, we're going to honor one person a month in this ministry. Just honor them. Amen. That's how you build relationships. When you honor people, you get closer to people because they really know that you care if you honor them. So I'm excited, and you ought to be excited. There's just an excitement going on because um, there's 7,000 people in that church, and he's already packed out, and the church is only five years old. So he's building a coliseum. He's buying up all the buildings around his church, paying cash for them. He's going to tear them down. And, and build this Coliseum that says 20,000. Isn't that cool? And it's right beside the airport. In fact, you can look across the street and see the airport. God is good. He was saying that he was so full of anger and fear and man, that's what when I before I got saved, I was an angry person, full of fear and anger, everything. But when God touched my life, and it's amazing what the apostolic function and the apostolic prophets have to go through before God touches your life. You really just want to die. And I was contemplating suicide that day when God stepped in. And he said, now you're mine. And, he, and I've been his ever since. And that was 25, 25 years ago. Pursuing him. Nobody else is pursuing him 100%. And I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, building your altar. Because I built my altar. And uh, and building that altar is a place where God meets you. A place where God meets you. People don't who know, don't know about altars, they come in here. Because this is my altar. That conference room is my altar. This is my relationship with God that I established over all these years. And he brings his children in here to commune with him, to talk to him, to get to know him. And once you get to know him, then you build your altar at your own home. Jesus said it. He said, you have to go in your secret place and worship. Take your own bricks with you and build your altar. My bricks may not be exactly the same as yours, but they're all relative. They're all relative. So worship is a brick. Prayer is a brick. Meditation on the Word is a brick. Uh, Declaring the works of God is a brick. Giving is a brick. And listen, you've got to set aside that time every day God has to be first in your life or you will never be first in this life. God puts you first. He promotes you. He he puts you up there. He gives you a name. He promotes you. He says, this is my son. This is my daughter. But you got to put him first. There's going to be a shift tonight. And uh, if everybody participates, then the kebab glory of God's going to come. There'll be a shift in that. There'll be another level. I told you, anyway, we might be spending that night. You no. Know, um, because who wants to leave the presence of God? It's our home. And that presence comes in, it's our home. This is our family. Amen. So we experienced some radical grace on this trip. Um, And I was led, like I've always been led in business and everything else, I've always been led by the witness of the Spirit. And that's what I'm teaching in in the pastor's conferences, the witness of the Spirit, times and seasons. Um, But someone in authority has to release you from your position. Amen. It doesn't matter what age you are. What matters is, is, are you obedient to the office that he has entrusted you with? Amen. I had my first witness. I had my second witness. I was waiting on my third witness, and, and Miles, Prophet Miles, said he was going to King Jesus' ministry for the fivefold. I know, I'd have come on down there with him, and I got my third witness. And how you know it's the third witness? Man, it jumps in you. It jumps out of you. It gets things moving. And then you see grace just doing everything for you. Grace is doing everything for you. You don't have to do anything but enjoy what God is doing. Did you all enjoy what God is doing? You see the joy in everybody's faces? Well, that's going to be contagious tonight. That'll be contagious tonight. God wants to demonstrate his grace and glory tonight. You know, this is the season. And I heard some, let me go back a little bit. I heard some testimonies. Um, You know, they have lunch and dinner. They would feed you right there at the church. And the pastors would, some of his sons would come up and talk to me. And he said, no, Gene, our church had 10 people in it. And a year later, they got 2,500 people. It just busts out the scenes because, listen, it's not what you can do that's going to cause the increase. It's who you're connected to that's going to cause the increase. God is done with these these, these uh lone these one man shows. And all those big ministries, most of them came down because they were deceived you got to be connected. You've got to be in You've got to be in submission. You got to be in submission you can not be a lone ranger. You've got to be connected to, to a, someone in a higher authority than you are That that is actually manifesting what God has put in your heart to manifest. And see, when you connect with that, everything flows right to you. And all you have to do is two things. Preach His Word, teach His Word. And obey his word. It's all about the word and obedience in the kingdom. So I'm excited tonight. Um, we're gonna to have some music and a playlist. Chris kind of put the words on, I guess, for me. And he said he was excited about this playlist. And you put First Kings 18:30. I'm gonna teach for about 30 minutes. Try to get in it by 8:30. Just some worship. Talking about building the altar. Then Elijah said to all the people, come, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. The, the Bible says that the spirit of Elijah will come before Jesus comes, right? The spirit of Elijah is your apostles. I feel the presence of God. Elijah was a father. He was apostolic. So the spirit of Elijah has already been released. And that spirit is calling out apostles out of their places into the kingdom to begin to manifest God's glory and His presence, His relationship. So Elijah was, a, was a, an apostle and the Lord told him, he said, I need you to repair the altar of the Lord. So when you come into this ministry, we have repaired the altar of the Lord. Isn't that good? How do you know the altar's repaired? Because the presence of God, the fire of God shows up. The fire of God shows up. The people here in this verse were indecisive between which God they would worship. Jehovah or Baal. Isn't that right? God the Jesus said, the Father is looking for true worshipers. So if he said true worshipers, there must be some false worship. So we're going to kind of judge ourselves and, and, and say, am I a false worshiper? Or am I a true worshiper of God? If you're a true worshiper of God, the fire of God's going to fall on your life. And it'll burn up everything that's not like God. And you won't be depressed, you won't be angry, you won't be fearful. Nothing else will satisfy you but the fire of God. People are attracted to the fire of God. Elijah challenged them. God answers by fire. He said, whatever God answers by fire, that's the real God. Y'all feel this fire up here sometimes? My hands get so hot and that's how I know the fire has descended to consume the sacrifice of praise so the glory of God can descend until the fire comes to consume the sacrifice of praise. The glory of God will not descend. If your life has fire then you have the real God in your life. Your life has fire, then you have the real God in your life. Do not expect God to come in your life with fire if your altar is broken down. Well, how can my altar be broken down? You know, when you get saved, the fire came. But, the, but, the, but the, the fire was not maintained because the altar of God was not built after you got saved. Pastors don't teach on this. They get people saved. And then they get them messed up. Because there's no apostles teaching the body of Christ. The revelation of God's got to be fresh every day. To the bride. So if there's conflict in your life, if there's conflict in marriage and and family and finances, don't expect to build or repair the altar. God will not have you build an off altar for him if there's conflict in your marriage. or finances, anywhere there's conflict. That's why Elijah said, you choose which God you're going to worship. Don't depend on my altar. This altar is yours, but I don't want you to depend on this altar if crisis comes into your life you should have your own altar. This altar here is the one I run to and the one at my home and the one in that company when crisis comes near me. This altar here is for the assembly to enjoy the presence of God. This altar here is where you learn how to build your own altar. How many of y'all have built that altar and you can go in the presence of God every morning and you learned it right here because there's a model that God has given me. You. Build your altar. When we get blessed and healed, we need to go to the altar to sustain the blessing. I've seen so many Christians lose everything that God had blessed them with when the economy fell. I said, why? I thought when God blessed you with something, no devil can take it. He said, no devil can take it. Lord, you said no devil can take it unless we give it to the devil. To sustain... If God has done something in your marriage, if God has done something in your finances, anything God has done, it has to be sustained and protected by your altar. And that altar, God is looking for you every morning to meet him first. That's why we have divorces in the church. That's why we have have bankruptcy in the church. That's why we have debt in the church because there's no personal altar built. I'm telling you, when that altar is built and the presence of God is tangible at your altar, there's divine protection. There's divine blessing. There's divine wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I had a huge job, an $80 million job uh, in 2008. And um, the devil came in there because he was so mad because that $80 million project was going to free me up to do that what I'm doing tonight. And he came in there and hit the the, the, the the one subcontractor that could make or break that whole job. That's your framing contract. And that thing came, he came in there, and that guy left overnight. The superintendent, we had 10 superintendents out there on that job. One of them called me said, "Gina, framers left. So I went out there. And the building inspector happened to be out there. He's standing beside them. And you remember those old ghost movies or uh, uh cowboy movies, you saw the hay running down the this hay ball comes down the street right beside of us. And the, this building inspector said, Man, it looks like a, a ghost down here. There's death on this project. He might have hit them out of his mouth. You felt the death on the project. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Go to your altar. I went home in the middle of the day and went in my chair that I worshipped in. And I worshipped until he said, go back to your office. So I worshipped for three or four hours, just worshipped him. Came back, there was a message at the front desk from some framer from Waycross, Georgia. Heard about the project, wanted to know if he could help. He didn't know about what happened. He just, this was 30-something buildings, 10,000 square foot per building. He said, uh, Can I help? You have room for me. I sent him the plans, and he was $20,000 under the other framer per building. Per building, he came in there with 30 crews. And the people in Richmond Hill said it looked like a city came out of the ground overnight. 30 buildings came overnight. I saw the hand of God at a supernatural level working through people so that I could step back and enjoy Him. Isn't that awesome? Supernatural. And it's only because I had built my altar. For 20 something years, I had my altar. The fire was burning all the time. But so when crisis came, I knew, knew where to go. My altar. And God intervened. He saw the framer in Cross, Jordan. Put it on his heart. I don't know how he heard about the project. But he said there's a big project. He said, I heard there's a big project in Richmond Hill. I said, I'll send you the plan. You can't depend on another man's altar. People come to church every Sunday. They're depending on the pastor or the apostle's altar. And then they go home and they go through hell all week long and barely make it back to church. They get a little bit of fire from the pastor's altar. Man, that's a miserable life, isn't it? Meet God in the morning. What do you do in the morning? The first thing you get up, what do you do? I said, thank you, Lord. As I'm going to the kitchen to get my, I thank you, Lord. For this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad. And I do that every morning. And his grace is sufficient for me today. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Now I'm covered. I go down to my war room and get in that war room for three or four hours and just worship God every day. Every day. Got to be an everyday thing. We have to restore the altar to restore the fire. That's what he said to Elijah. Restore, repair the altar so that I can restore the fire. If there's no fire in your life, you're going to be broke busted and disgusted all your life. You're going to have problems that you can't triumph over. I don't care how many times you confess the word if the fire of God is not on your life. You won't have the triumphant victory that you need. You'll have victory, little victories. God gives us little victories to keep our faith alive. But I'm talking about when the enemy comes in like a flood how can God lift up the standard that the fire is not on your life? So Elijah repaired the altar of God because unless he, he didn't, if he didn't repair this, then nothing would happen. Can you imagine where the churches would be today if the apostles weren't stepping up to the plate? If Apostle Maldonado didn't step up to the plate? Can you imagine where where probably forty or 50,000 people under his covering would be today. So the spirit of Elijah is here because the spirit of fatherhood is here. I love my sons and daughters. I'm telling you, I got my natural uh, daughters that are awesome and sons, and, but the spiritual sons and daughters, and my natural daughters are spiritual daughters, so that's a double blessing. Amen. But I see the spirit of Elijah working in the sons and daughters of God. Isn't that cool? All the apostles have to do is get up and teach and preach and live a pure life and not have any strongholds. If if, if a leader has strongholds, Then they have strange fire. There's strange fire in their church. There's strange fire coming out of their mouth. That's why you go in some of these churches, all the people were sick. Broke. Strange fire. Every person in the body of Christ should be processed. Before their position. And God will position you before He makes you public. Spirit of Elijah. The Lord called Him to build the altar of worship for the bride. For the bride. For the bride. To bring her from an emotional bride to a worshiping bride. That's us. That's you and me. So Jesus did, He said, go into your inner room and pray and God will reward you open. Did y'all see the open reward this past weekend of King Jesus? That was because of my altar is built. My altar has been maintained. People should be a benefit of your own. We have these houses of Zion we started. There's People should feel the presence of God in your house if your altar is built. And your neighborhood should be coming into your house to benefit from your altar. We get blessed, we get healed, but we need to go to the altar to sustain the blessing, sustain the marriage. We've got marriages in here that that are, are the most awesome testimony because of worship. The love between the two have gone to another level. In fact, you thought you were in love when you got married. Really? You're really in lust. Most of us are in lust. But when you get a hold of the altar, the fire of God comes. It burns out the lust. And you see the real love between the two people. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Praise God. I think I finished this season. Um, we're going to worship. Y'all ready to worship? I want you to, to think about if your altar is broken or you haven't built an altar, this is the right place to be. This is why this altar is in place. It's for you to rebuild, to learn how to build and take it back to your home. But don't depend on this altar. This is an altar for you to learn and enjoy the presence of God. Amen. People used to get like this wanting to get out of church. Now they're going like this wanting to get into worship. (laughs) Shut up so we can go into worship. (laughs) Or before they say, Are you through talking shut up when so we can go home? Now they want to worship. <laughs> Remember, July, August, and September, you've entered your rest. How I many of you feel the rest? Feel the rest. October, November, December is the resurrection of the blessing that you've never experienced before. And listen, we experience grace. Just before we entered our arrest at Kingview Can you imagine what he's going to do. The last quarter. Isn't that awesome. I can't. You know. You think we've experienced something. You wait to the youth. Because God's. Eye. Is on. That generation. In a strong way. Because. This legacy has to go on. It has to go on. So into the youth. So into you. All 20 of those youth should be gone. Amen. All of them should be gone. So into them. God bless you. So into them. And like uh, Chris said, the Lord said, Do you, you get a double blessing? I believe that. Every time I sow into people, I get a double, double blessing. And I like what the prophet said. Did you hear what the prophet said? He said, number everything. I've already numbered the billion flow. So we can get everybody out of debt. And everybody that comes in, teach them how to live. And get them out of debt. I've named it. There's 20,000 souls in that building right there. When I had the vision, I said, Lord, how many is that seat, that 20,000? I'm going to see that building built. I'm going to see it built. You're going to see it built. Amen. That's why it's so important to sow into these teens, because they're going to be the leaders in that building. Pastor Cohen, I, I took him over said, put your hand on that building. On youth night last night, I said, Cohen, he's my grandson. How old's Cohen? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> <You're close. laughs> um, I said, put your hand on this building. I said, we're going to prophesy over this building. You're going to be a pastor in this building. Because the Lord told me how many years ago, five, six years ago, in the glory service, he said, that's your pastor. And he's so compassionate. But he's got another side of him that's very charismatic. But <laughs> All right, come on, let's go. Let's, let's let's push. Um, I want everybody to get. Why don't we just push these rows back? The first couple of rows back, so everybody can just get up here and dance before the Lord, worship before the Lord. There's, I want you to listen up real quick. God requires three things to access His presence. And it's in the Word. He said to give thanks, praise Him, and worship Him. Thanking, thanking him for what he's blessed you with. Praise him for his mighty acts. And worship him for who he is. And listen, I want uh, uh, the prophets in the house to be ready. And, and um, Dr. Lee, if you'll be ready. That when the atmosphere changes and God is ready to, to heal. He's ready to do miracles we got our prophetic dance. Who's doing our prophetic dance? There's Weedaboo. Um. <laughs> Come on, y'all used to dance in the nightclubs, right? <laughs> I'm going to dance for Jesus tonight. But thanking for what he's done, I want the offices to be ready to speak. And you don't have to wait on me. I'm releasing you now to speak. Uh, God is speaking to you in the atmosphere, then speak it. Get the microphone. We have all the mics up here. Okay, we got, um, and speak in the atmosphere so God can do it. Amen. All right, let's go.